Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Neil Parekh, and he is with Made This Cleaning. Welcome, Neil. Hey, thanks for having me here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Made This. How are you serving folks? Yeah, absolutely. So Made This is a work-from-anywhere cleaning franchise that focuses on two niches. One's residential cleaning, and the other is vacation rental turnovers, like Airbnb. So we're actually uh, the first and only vacation rental cleaning franchise. And yeah, like I mentioned, we're a fully remote concept. So um, what was the genesis of the idea? How did this uh, come about? Uh, you know, Lee, I was um, working in corporate a few years ago, and uh, yeah, I was trying to find some sort of side hustle, and I was trying a lot of different things like e-commerce, digital marketing. None of it really worked, and I came across a post on Reddit. Uh, Lee, do you know of Reddit.com? Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I was on Reddit, and a guy posted how he started a candy company. I thought, you know what the heck, let me try this as well, and it started to work. And in hindsight, I figured out why it was working compared to anything else, but uh, it started to work well, and I wanted to eventually... I uh, quit and travel, um, and that's why I had to figure out a way to make this local business completely remote. And uh, a couple years after that, I quit my job uh, and took my side hustle full-time and booked a one-way flight to South America and traveled for about five years while building made this, and therefore was able to make the, the systems in a way that can't be done from anywhere in the world. So the But you obviously you need boots on the ground in the markets you serve. Correct. Yeah. So the cleaners are localized. Um, however, your operations of coordinating things, picking up calls can be done from anywhere. And then um, so the people that are there cleaning, your job as the uh, franchisee is just to recruit them, motivate, manage them. Exactly. Exactly that. And of course, yeah, on the other hand, you have the customers calling as well. Right. So you're kind of almost like the middleman in between the two funnels, which you're running. Uh, but I think what's cool and um, in this day and age is how fast technology has moved, you can have a local company completely remote. And I feel like a lot of people haven't really caught on to that yet. Uh, so a lot of home service companies, you don't really need boots on the ground as much anymore besides the actual labor going there. Uh, so that's kind of what we figured out just because of the timing that we came about in. And then, so uh, when you kind of made that mental shift and then you tested it, I guess with yourself, you were yeah. remote and then you were trying to, to manage the people locally. Mm -hmm. um, what were some of kind of the, the breadcrumbs that were like, Hey, this could really work. Like when did you start seeing some traction and when did you see this is more, you know, maybe easier to manage than you uh, maybe anticipated? Yeah. Great. Uh, great question. And I think at the first, the beginning, I didn't think it could be done fully remote because you don't, you don't, think that with a local business. So my parents um, had video rental stores, like a traditional brick and mortar store. So I always thought local businesses, you have to physically be there. There's a large in-person presence. Um, and then what happened and kind of how I figured out it could work for me, this is I was doing this as a side hustle meeting. I was doing it from my job. Basically I'd run out at lunch breaks, take calls, you know, just render and give cleaners cash. Cause I didn't really know how to do this thing at all. Um, so I kind of figured at the time, like, oh, I'm actually kind of doing it remote. It's just from L.A. And the one piece I could not figure out how to get out was doing um, in-person interviews for cleaners. So I always thought it had to be done here. 
finally, I kind of solved that because I just had to go somewhere for a vacation one time. Um, so I, I found someone to do the interview for me and it worked. And that was the last piece of the puzzle. So then I said, okay, let me just try to take off completely, go to South America. And you know, Lee, whenever you have constraints, you kind of figure out a way to get creative around those constraints. So because I was not there at all, I had to figure out the systems in a way which to make in order to make it work. And uh, the beauty of any model that does this is that um, it, it works mostly for businesses which send technicians straight to a different job site, whether that's a home or that's somewhere else. As long as there's not a central office where customers have to come into, this model can work. So it was it was kind of a slow aha moment. You know, I kind of figured out just from different things I was doing that, oh, this actually can work. And then finally just made the plunge. So then um, you eliminated the step of that in-person interview with the person that goes into someone's house. You Did you get rid of that or you just found another way to do that remotely? I found someone who can do the group interviews for me in person. And Lee, what's kind of changed in the last couple of years is we were doing in person because um, cleaners were not very tech enabled. Right. Uh, they wanted to meet someone in person. You have group interviews. You have that whole funnel. What happened since the pandemic is that everyone learned how to use Zoom. Everyone learned how to use Zoom. My, my 70 year old parents know how to use Zoom and do karaoke on it. Right. So like everyone knows how to use Zoom, including cleaners. So now you actually can't be fully remote because you could run the entire interview funnel exclusively on Zoom and people are tech enabled enough to be able to do that. So the game has changed in our favor because of the pandemic. We don't need to do group interviews in person anymore and we don't do it in person anymore. And then um, you've been able to elevate that Zoom interview or um, execute that Zoom interview in a manner that you're getting kind of the same read on this person, you know, because obviously there's limitations to Zoom as in person. You're missing some cues, visual cues that maybe you would see in person, um, but you've been able to kind of uh, navigate around that. Yeah, good question. And I would say um, for the most part, yes, it will never be 100% compared to an in-person interview, right? You see kind of the body language cues and things like that. But a lot of things we are testing for is um, reliability is a big one and attitude. So reliability, you, you know, the people who won't show up for group interviews won't show up for a Zoom interview. Um, and after that, we actually added another segment of the funnel, which is uh, in terms of like a test cleaning. Um, so there are different steps we added to kind of pushing through those hoops a little bit more. So we've been able to achieve a similar level of success by adding and refining the funnel a little bit more. So once you've kind of uh, got this model down for yourself, how difficult was it getting that first franchisee to make that same mental shift and that same leap of faith that this can be done remotely? You know, surprisingly not, because I think when people hear it, it's kind of like a, oh, uh, like, of course you can do it remotely, right? So uh, for me, I think the bigger, biggest shift was actually, to be honest, understanding the franchise world. I didn't come from a franchise world. I didn't know anything about franchising. So getting into franchising and figuring out basically how to pitch this, who are the ideal franchisees, what are they looking for? I think that was more of a learning curve for me. But I feel like when people see the model and they understand it, like, hey, you don't need heavy overhead. You can run a local home services company pretty lean. This is just the way things are in this day and age. It doesn't have to be super old school where you have a big shop and hold on to supplies everywhere. So surprisingly, it wasn't that much of a mental hurdle for people. They get it immediately. So did you kind of, um, I hear this a lot from uh, founders that, you know, you assume that the person who's a franchisee, potential franchisee, is a version of you. You know, oh, maybe it's someone with a side hustle that is, uh, you know, coming from corporate that is kind of seeing the world like I saw the world so that this would be a logical 
path? Did you go down that route or did you say, okay, let me start from a clean slate and let's see who would be attracted to this kind of a model? <laughs> I'm very curious what Lee, you think the correct way to do this. I'm not correct way. I'm sure there's multiple ways to do it. I'm going down the path of probably someone who resonates with my story. What I found from early emerging brands is um, people who resonate with your story are probably the ones who are going to be more bought in, right? So people who want to start it as a side hustle and eventually quit their job, they say, hey, Neil's already done it. Obviously, he's done He's built a franchise off of it. Let me just copy that blueprint. So I've been approaching um, the path of the people who want to copy the similar model with side hustle to a remote local opportunity is kind of what I've been doing. Lee, what have you seen from different people you've interviewed? And No, that, that that's, common? it's usually, that's, I mean, uh, when they're just starting out, that seems to be the path is like, yeah. oh, somebody like me, of course, because I did it. I'm proof. So therefore it'll be easier for me to sell because I have me as this example of doing it this way. Yeah. But over yeah. time you realize, yeah. um, some of people realize that, hey, maybe, I was an anomaly or maybe I was an outlier. I wasn't really kind of the optimal person. Maybe there is a different optimal person that this is a better fit for than me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that'll be a discovery process. We're still relatively new in the franchise world, been around for a year, have a couple locations. So still kind of figuring out who is the ideal target. Um, but yeah, initially it's just, hey, who are people who resonate with my story who have a similar background? And uh, I agree. I, I think we'll see where this goes. But something to consider, and this is what I'm seeing a lot of, um, as brands evolve, they're trying to partner with other brands. So so I'm seeing more clusters of uh, brands and that are targeting a similar uh, audience member. Interesting. So, and when you say partner, do you mean like someone buys a franchise someone's becomes a franchise you have one brand and another brand or do you yeah mean so that okay. and that and the franchisor becomes owning all these multiple brands that have the same customer oh interesting interesting um That's it. so it's i mean i'm using the term cluster and i'm using these words i don't know what they use in the internally but there's there's now i'm seeing a lot more what i'm calling professional franchisees where they're like hey i'm building a portfolio so if I'm going through all this hassle of getting this, you know, a person who wants a maid, right? Mm -hmm. They also may want a painter or they also may want someone to clean their pool and it's the same customer. So the hard part is getting the customer. So right. if I can then now have three or four other services that I've already got the customer, I can now offer them, then there's some economies of scale for me and I can build this kind of mini empire. Interesting. Are is it usually the franchisee who's going out and finding the different ancillary services? No, the, the franchisor. Uh, they're the ones who offer that. Those right. So, and then they start buying up these kind of complimentary. They're, they're looking for the emerging franchise and they're like, ah, hey, this is a good fit to this portfolio. And then I have a portfolio of four to six services that I'm going after for this one customer. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. It makes, I mean, for us, I could think the most complimentary service, for example, would be, let's say, window cleaning. Right, we do residential and Airbnbs, but a lot of the residential customers say, "Hey, I need my window cleaning done." Right now, we just refer it out to a partner. They give us business, we give them business. But imagine right. if we had that as just that bolt-on service as well. Uh, I like that a lot. Right, and the more window cleaners you you know, the more you're going to grow your business because that's a great referral source. And then if you can teach your 
people in the local market or working the local market to befriend, okay, I need you to, to meet the window cleaner, the painter, the landscaper, like the, all these people who are outsourced those kind of home services. Yeah. Then the, then your choice is also one of those outsourced home services. Yeah. 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 I love it. I, I feel like, I mean, Lee, you're giving me way too many ideas right now. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go start a window cleaning franchise right now. <laughs> I need to take a step back. It's the same model, right? Like once you've it got is. your thing, now you can plug and play with all those home services. Exactly. Exactly. I like it. So now, um, like you mentioned that, that this was kind of your first venture into franchising. What have you learned about that process? Because your business, you know, when you're going from a, hey, I'm a remote uh, cleaning service to... I run a franchise of remote cleaning service providers. You, you're going from, okay, let me get one more client to let me become a training uh, operation and helping someone uh, learn these skills and kind of them kind of be successful in selling that one more local client. So how has that shift happened for you? Was that a difficult transition? It was, it was, um, I guess, I've heard I heard a phrase Lee where it's like the ignorant are often the most bold, and I feel like that's what I was. I didn't know what I was really getting into because I was completely ignorant on on the industry and what franchising was and what I'm basically selling. Uh, I always say I'm pleasantly surprised into how much I enjoy it. Honestly, I love like I care for more when my franchisees make a sale than when my corporate office makes a sale. I just get so pumped because it's like, hey, the model's working, and it it just brings me a lot of joy. So actually, seeing my franchisees trust me and buy into the system and seeing it paying off for them is huge for me. So I've been loving that part a lot. One thing which has been very interesting is let's say cleaning, you know, you may be selling a $200 cleaning going from a $200 sale to a 35,000 plus sale, right? That's a big jump. It's not like, Hey, I, I gradually went up from 200 to a thousand to 10,000. And then now I'm doing like a large ticket item. So going straight to a large ticket item sale um, has been an interesting shift and it's made me have to like really retool what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm realizing like I'm actually running two businesses, right? My corporate offices as well as the franchising because it's related, but it's extremely different. So that's been a lot of the learning I've had in the, in the last year or so. And then um, so where are you at right now? How many up and running uh, franchises do you have? Sure. Yeah, we have two franchise locations. One's in Denver, one's in Myrtle Beach. Uh, and we have two corporate locations, L.A. and the Bay Area. So like SF. And then um, are are you going at, going for regions? Or are you just like kind of the world is your oyster and wherever they come, they come? For us, because it's room auto, wherever they come, they come, right? And I think people who are in that local market have a better handle on um, whether their market's good or not. So I know there's a strategy of targeting sp- specific states and saying, hey, I'm going to target this state. I think there probably are some states which are very conducive for vacation rentals. For example, Florida has 35% of the entire nation's vacation rentals. Those are probably really, really good markets. But the reality is with cleaning, every household is a potential customer in theory. So it's not like we're just segmented to, to certain key markets and that's it. Um, so because of that, the, the entire country is our oyster and uh, anywhere works. And it's a remote model as well. So I have people who are living somewhere else who want to open a franchise somewhere else. And it's doable with our model. And then um, are you constantly kind of upgrading your uh, technology in terms of making an app or something that's easy for um, your franchisee to totally kind of send them to one location? They can do all the behind the scenes like schedule pay, like all the kind of elements of the business all in one kind of uh, nice technology bucket? 
Yeah, I mean, we came to the market with that tech stack in place. That's what kind of allowed me as my corporate office to get ahead so quick. Is just, we're just more tech enabled than the, any other cleaning company. Um, so we already had that before we even got into franchising. So they piggyback off of that. A lot of my upgrades for the franchise system are based off of my learnings from corporate and also seeing what the other franchisees are doing and bringing that to everyone else. So I do feel like the shared economies of scale with just trying out a process and system, seeing if it works and rolling it out has been the, the biggest benefit because you could just speed up things a lot. If there's four different locations testing things out and everyone can share the knowledge, you save a ton of money from not having to test things out individually. You could share resources. It just makes a ton of sense. So I think the processes is the refining of the processes and the funnel has been the biggest improvement um, month over month in the franchise world. Now, have you gotten to the point where um, the folks that are out in the wild doing the work, you know, the franchisee mm-hmm. um, are bringing to you, uh, hey, this is something that's working here that's a learning that you're like, oh, I didn't think of that. That's a good one. Uh, let me implement that moving forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and um, <clears throat> I think a lot of the learning has come on the marketing end. And I'm sure you guys, you know this, Lee, but like it's very city by city from marketing. Yelp works great in California, does not work great in Myrtle Beach, right? So there's not a one-size-fits-all for marketing in any local market. So the, the cool part about this is there's some stuff which does work. SEO works no matter where you are. Google is key everywhere. But there's other things in smaller markets, which you might need to get scrappier for picking up the phones and calling real estate brokers, attending your B&I meetings, right? More networking stuff, which I maybe have not had to do in LA because it's a massive city. I got that knowledge from our franchisee. And we, now we know like, oh, this works. This is how you do it. Let's document it, put it in our operations manual. Uh, everyone has access to it. So I think on, on the marketing and uh, just with the different size cities has been very, very telling. But when they're doing that, then it, then it can no longer be remote if that some of the marketing has to be done kind of boots on the ground? There, there's parts of it where uh, the majority of it is digital marketing. So it, the majority of it is going to be remote. For example, our Denver franchisee, I think they only do digital marketing. Um, but our Myrtle Beach location, the person individual happens to be there already. So most of it's digital marketing. He's working a full-time job, but on his spare time, he's able to actually attend meetings and do, do different things. So it's not a requirement, but it's something extra and beneficial if you are there, at least at the beginning. And um, so what's next for you? What do you need more of? Next for me for franchising? Yeah. Uh, get more, honestly. I, we, we have the two right now and I'm loving it so far. Um, you know, our goal is not, to grow a hundred in a year. Um, I tell everyone, Hey, my criteria is if you check mark all the boxes of what I need in the franchise, I also need to be able to have a beer with you. I want to make sure we get along well. And that's the goal of what we're doing in businesses. You know, you want to be in business with people you like. So I'm, I'm looking for a select few individuals to really, really grow and expand with them to multiple territories as opposed to a mass quantity of franchisees. So my goal is just kind of slow and steady growth going forward and finding the right people in the U.S. So. Yeah, that's what I hear a lot of is that the first franchisees are critical because that's the ones that other people are going to use to validate the concept. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, even more than that, I think... Um, you just, I, I, have, I talk to them every week, right? You want to make sure you like them and make sure they like you and just, it's a good cultural fit. So that's, that's very important for me. Well, congratulations on all the success and, and it's so refreshing to see someone going to kind of a, an industry that has been doing things one way to kind of look at it through fresh eyes and attack it totally differently. Well, uh, kudos to you. I appreciate those words. Thanks, Lee. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you, learn more about the opportunity, what's the website? 
Sure, you just go to Made This Franchise. That's M A I D T H I S Franchise dot com. And then if you go to M A I D T H I S dot com, that will take you just to the consumer site. Correct, which has a franchise link in there as well, but you can check out both. Good stuff. Well, Neil, thank you again for sharing your story today. All right, thanks, Lee. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio. 